0: James chapter uh, 5, I'm sorry, Galatians chapter 5, Galatians chapter 5 in your Bibles, and, uh, and yes, we have been here many, many times, and uh, it won't be too long, we'll be, we'll be finishing this up, and we'll go go somewhere else, but the Lord has us here on purpose, and I hope that you're getting something from this, and of course, we're uh, continuing our series on the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And specifically tonight, I want to talk to you about this subject, the third fruit of the Spirit. And so Galatians chapter 5 in your Bibles, we're going to start in verse number 16, when you find your place, if you're able, let's all stand tonight out of respect for the reading of God's Word. Galatians chapter 5, verse number 16, Paul says, this I say, then walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, for the flesh lusteth against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, And such like, of the which I tell you before, as I've also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let's go back to verse 22, and let's read verses 22 and 23 together as a congregation. Ready? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance against such there is no law. You may be seated tonight, and uh, we went a little over this morning, but I got some great feedback from this morning, and we thank the Lord for that, and you know, and, I, and I'm thankful about this. This morning was preventive maintenance preaching, and that's, that's a blessing that I don't have to preach on that because there's uh, you know, little rifts here and there, and so thank you for that. I appreciate it. It's a blessing to be able to come in here and preach with a free heart and liberty we went a little long this morning. I think we're going to be a little short tonight. <clears throat> and so, but let's get into this. And we're going to find out about that third fruit of the Spirit. And I believe this is going to be a help to you. And so let's, let's go to the Lord and ask the Lord to help us tonight. Father, we thank you for a wonderful day. It's hard to believe it's already preaching time. Here we are getting ready to go in just a few moments. And Lord, this day will be in the books. <clears throat> and so I pray for the next few minutes that, Lord, we'll get everything we can get out of this service God, this will be so simple tonight. I've got more verses than I have sermon. But Lord, I pray that you would bless your word. I know you're going to do that. You've already promised to do that. We really don't have to pray that. You say that your word would never return void. And so, Father, we're going to do our best to preach the word. And I pray you'd help us to do our best. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that it might not fall on deaf and dull ears, but I pray that it will fall upon doers of the Word, uh, hearers and doers. And I pray, Father, as I prayed this morning, that we'll leave this place better Christians, stronger Christians than we were when we entered earlier today. So fill us with the Spirit of God, give us power and help and blessing, and I pray that what we say will please you, and I pray what we say will make sense tonight, be an encouragement. Father, we love you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray and for his sake, amen. Galatians 5, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. And that's that's what I want to talk to you a little bit about tonight, is that word, peace. So if you and I are walking in the Spirit, and don't forget, we I know we've been here for a long, long time now, and it's easier for us to sort of forget some of the first things that we learned. And we said that walking in the Spirit is much different than taking a step in the Spirit. Walking, Uh, speaks of expending energy, getting involved, being energetic in the things of the Lord. You're doing that, by the way, that's why you're here tonight. And I applaud you for being faithful to the Lord's house. There are many people who uh, probably are genuinely saved, and some are in the church, and they have a hard time believing that you go back on Sunday night. And then they have a real hard time uh, understanding that you attend here on a Wednesday night and, and, and then sometimes you're faithful every single night of the week for a revival or a conference or a special meeting. And, and, and what that is, that's walking in the Spirit. That's expending energy, uh, walking in the Spirit. And so if we're walking in the Spirit, we'll not only exhibit the fruit of love, and we learn that that's that agape love, it's a godly love. You'll not only exhibit the fruit of love and the fruit of joy, and we learn that that word joy is the idea of cheerfulness and gladness, But our Bible says here that peace will exhibit that fruit of peace and peace will be present in our life. Now that word peace is a really interesting word and uh, uh, it it is in the Greek word, it's the word of the word "irene," irene, And it means, it's three basic meanings and I wanna share those meanings with you tonight and then we'll sort of build on that tonight. So three basic meanings of the word peace. First of all, the word peace in Galatians 5, verse 22 Uh, means a state of tranquility or quiet. Uh, And that word tranquility is a word we don't use all the time. And so that word tranquility means this. It means free from agitation. Free from agitation. Uh, You ever work with somebody that just seems to be agitated all the time? I mean, there's always stirred up about something, always angry about something. Well, that's what the Bible's talking about there. If you're walking in the Spirit and you are bearing the fruit of the spirit, you're gonna be free from anger. That doesn't mean you're not gonna get aggravated occasionally doesn't mean that things aren't going to come up and that get that get under your skin but you're not going to be living that life where you're just always agitated always up in there you 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 have family members like that i do too Uh, family members that are just always irritated and they want to start something and they want to stir something up and it just seems like they're not happy unless there's some kind of drama that's going and 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 this is what our bible is teaching us that if we are walking in the spirit we will be free from that from that agitation, but also it means this: it means prosperity. Now, I'm not preaching that the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel here tonight, but the word uh, "peace" in Galatians 5:22 means prosperity or the condition of being successful or thriving. Now, doesn't mean you're going to be rich. Doesn't mean you're going to be driving a Cadillac. Nothing wrong with driving a Cadillac. Some some of our people do. Uh, and uh, but I'm just I, it, but it just means this: you're going to be flourishing. You're going to be flourishing as a Christian. You're going to be flourishing. Uh, You're going to be thriving in your ministry. You're going to be thriving in your family. You're going to be thriving in your relationships is what the Bible is saying uh, there. And if you are failing to thrive, then it is evidence of not walking in the Spirit like you need to be. So, uh, again, the word peace there means a state of tranquility or quiet, free from agitation. It also means prosperity, the condition of being successful or thriving. Number three, the word peace in Galatians 5.22 means this. It means peace between individuals. Peace between individuals. Now, that doesn't mean necessarily you're gonna like everybody. And it doesn't mean necessarily everybody is gonna like you. But it does mean this it means that there's going to be a peace that's present. You're not always going to see eye to eye. We learned that this morning in, our, in the message this morning. Reality is disagreement's going to come, reality is there's going to be differences of opinion. Uh, and so we understand all that, but there will be a peace that is present. And by the way, I am so grateful that that can be true and is true when you're walking. In the spirit, I remember, you know, just thinking about a contrast. I remember many years ago, and uh, I had a, a, a couple that uh, asked if they could come and visit with me, come see not visit with me. They wanted to come and talk to me uh, in the office, and so uh, we set up a, a, a meeting time. and I said, "Absolutely, come on." And I knew that this lady was she was very upset. I mean, she was very very upset with me, and uh, she really had a burr under her saddle and. And so I knew that this was probably not going to be, you know, a, a, a great a, a great meeting. But I thought, you know, I'm going to try to make this just as pleasant as I can, and, and I'm going to try to just, you know, uh, just show the love of Christ. And uh, and as uh, you say, preacher, she didn't like you. That that's right. And I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't like her much either. But but anyway, um, I, I still wanted to. You say, okay, minute. But I I was going to try to put my best foot forward. And so sure enough, uh, this couple came and they walked into the office. When they walked into the office, I just stood up behind my desk and I reached across the desk and I said, hello, it's good to see you. And I reached my hand to shake their hand and this lady said, I don't want to shake your hand. And then she began to, boy, she began to tear into me and tell me everything that I was doing wrong and, and all of that. Now church, I just said that uh, to say this. You know what? If you are truly walking in the Spirit, you're not going to go through life always mad and angry. And again, I'm not, I'm not up here preaching pie in the sky. I'm not telling you that you're not occasionally going to get aggravated about things and things are going to get to you. I'm not saying that at all, but I'm just saying this. That's not going to be your manner of life. It's not going to be your way of life. You're not going to be hateful and moody and grouchy and angry and mad all the time, not if you're walking in the Spirit. Now, if somebody is walking in the Spirit and they've got an attitude and then they want you to believe that they're walking in the Spirit, you tell them I said they're a liar because that's not according to Scripture. If you are walking in the Spirit, you are going to exhibit the fruit of love, godly love. You are going to exhibit the, the fruit of joy, gladness, and cheerfulness, and you are going to exhibit the fruit of peace. And that peace is the idea of getting along with others. So let's talk about that just a little bit again. This is simple, simple, simple tonight. But I want to give you three thoughts. Number one is this, but this is an important one. Number one, true peace comes only from God. So we're talking about peace. Somebody says, Pastor, where does peace come from? Only one place. It comes from the Lord. But I want to show that to you. Would you take your Bibles tonight and turn over to Isaiah chapter 45? Now, I, I have you turned to several places tonight, have quite a bit of scripture in the, in the outline. And, and look at Isaiah chapter 45 and verse number seven. What a great verse this is. True peace comes only from the Lord. Isaiah 45 and verse number 17. Isaiah the prophet said this about the Lord. He said, I form the light. I create darkness, and then God said this, I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Friend, I want to tell you something. Peace comes from the Lord. That's where it comes from. Take your Bibles, if you will, and turn to your New Testament. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and look, if you will, at verse number 33, 1 Corinthians 14 and verse number 33. And we'll give you just a, uh, just a second to get over there. First Corinthians chapter 14 and verse number 33. Look what the Bible says. God, God is very specific here. And he says, for God, for God is not the author of confusion, but of what? Peace. But of peace as in all churches of the saints. God is saying, I'm not the author of confusion, but I am the author of peace. Uh, Brother Adam and I were talking last night on the telephone, and and he just brought up, and I, I was already scheduled to preach this, and he just brought up a thought, and I told Brother Adam, "I said, man, I, I really didn't didn't think about that Adam until we got to talking, but I thought about that story over in Mark chapter four, verse number thirty nine, and the Bible says that the uh, that the disciples are in the boat with Jesus. Y'all remember that? And they're going across the Sea of Galilee, and the Bible says a a windstorm comes up, and man, I mean, it starts rocking the boat, and waves are crashing in. Boats filling up with water and rains coming down, and 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 the disciples uh, got af- uh, afraid, and they came to the Lord and they said, "Lord, carest thou not that we perish?" And the Lord said, "Where's your faith?" And y'all remember that story there in Mark chapter four verse thirty nine? The Bible says that Jesus got up and he said, "This peace, be still." And the Bible says, "And the wind ceased, and there was a great." calm now you say pastor how can that happen I'll exactly how he's the creator of it he is the creator of peace. God. True, true peace comes only from the Lord. I know sometimes people want to know why we take it so seriously, our our Christianity so seriously at Calvary. And, and, uh, and, and we've had even had some younger Christians here uh, that have been accused of taking their Christianity way too serious. I mean, you're just getting you're just getting way too fired up about this thing of the Lord. And you're just getting way too fired up about church. And and I want to tell you, I don't think you can get too fired up about the Lord. Uh, but people wonder sometimes why do we take it so seriously and why do we encourage people to be here every single service and Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night and and Sunday school and you know why do you motivate your people to to constantly live that Christian life and make Jesus a, a major priority in their life and this is the reason, this is the reason because true peace comes only from God. That's the only way, that's the only place. True peace comes only from the Lord. Let me show you another reference. Take your Bible turn, and turn back to the book of Isaiah, if you will. Isaiah chapter number 26. Many, many years ago, we were down at, uh, I, I think, I, I'm pretty sure about this. I was at Gospel Light. I believe Gospel Light Baptist Church. Brother Steve Robertson was the youth pastor at that time, and we used to love Brother Steve and, and uh, was such a great preacher. And I remember going up after a service and shaking Brother Steve's hand and, and saying, Brother Steve, would you sign my Bible? And, and he said, Sure. And he took my Bible and he signed his signature in my Bible. Steve Robertson, and then he wrote this reference Isaiah 26 3. And I didn't know what that was. I was a young man, just, just newly saved, and didn't really know that much about the Lord. Isaiah 26, 3. And I thought, I wonder what that is. And so I went home and I looked it up. And man, it made such an impact in my life that I began to read it and read it and read it. And I began to memorize it. And I'm so thankful that I did that. Isaiah 26, 3. The Bible says, Thou wilt keep him in what kind of peace? In perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Church, listen, if you don't get anything else tonight, get this first point, that true peace, true peace only comes from one place, and that's God. Amen. And I'll tell you something else. That's why the world can't find it. Amen. That's why they cannot seem to find it. You know why? They're looking in all the wrong places. Amen. Some of them are looking in the wrong places as we speak tonight. They're looking in the wrong places. You're not going to find peace at the honky-tonk. You're not going to find peace at the bar. You're not going to find peace at the racetrack. You're not going to find peace anywhere else. The only place you're going to find peace is with the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, you can be super successful. You can have millions of dollars. You can have a great business. You can have a great family. You can have a nice home. You can have boats and cars and, and motorcycles and all these things, but I'm just telling you, that true peace comes only from God himself. Amen. That's the only place. By the way, that's why the world just seeks it and seeks it and seeks it. They're not looking at the right place. Many of you, if I were to mention this name, most of you would know him. Even some young people would recognize the name Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. Famous, incredibly famous. And a great, you know, well-known singer, incredibly talented, he really was a, a great singer. And I was reading a story on Frank Sinatra the other day. They called him, they called him Old Blue Eyes and uh, was known all over the world. Listen to this, though. They say that Frank Sinatra was plagued with unhappiness through his life. Now, I don't know if this is the case. This is what I heard. I didn't fact check this before I came tonight. But I heard a preacher say this, that when he was buried, they buried him with a a fifth of Jack Daniels, and a carton of cigarettes. But they said about Frank Sinatra, his son said this, that his father was withdrawn and often seemed sad. His daughter, uh, daughter Tina said this about her dad, that he, uh, she felt like he would have benefited from anti-depression drugs. They said that he suffered from depression and mood swings throughout his life and in 1953, even attempted suicide twice. Now, I'm not debating the fact that he was successful, not debating the fact that he was prestigious. He was well-known, he was popular. No doubt he had uh, untold money and riches, but church, I'm just telling you that that's not where peace comes from. Peace doesn't come from Bank of America and peace doesn't come from Wells Fargo and peace doesn't come from the Mint. Peace only comes from God himself. That's the only place it comes from. How many of you, how many of you recently, you don't have to raise your hand. How many of you recently have eaten something called fruity pebbles or cocoa pebbles? (laughs) Some of you couldn't resist. You still had to raise your hand, didn't you? And uh, boy, there's nothing like, I'm telling you, there's nothing like going home after church on Sunday night. Come on now. And fixing a a good old bowl of cereal. Can I get a witness right there? (laughs) You say, well, preacher, I've never eaten fruity pebbles or cocoa pillars, okay. How about how about honeycomb? Or or the best of the best. Lucky charms. Come on now. Yes, yes. Healthy? No. Good? Yes. Uh, (laughs) I felt like I had to throw this in here for you, a few year old timers. Raisin bran, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Now you say, preacher, what in the world? Does that have to do with peace? Well, all of those cereals that I just threw out there are Post brand cereals. C.W. Post was the creator of those Post breakfast cereals. And they said this about C.W. Post. He was worth, in 1914, he was such a success. In 1914, he was worth 20 million in 1914. Now church, that's like, That's like billions. I mean, that's like being a a mega billionaire in today's culture and today's society. $20 million in 1914, and yet at the age of 59 years old, man, just a few years older than me, at the age of 59 years old, in a beautiful, beautiful home in Santa Barbara, California, which is also a beautiful, beautiful place. C.W. Post took a shotgun and put it to his head and pulled the trigger with his toe and ended his life. Now, you say, Pastor, that don't even make any sense. Well, you know what, it really does. It really does. You know why? Because peace doesn't come with $20 million. And peace doesn't come because people know you all over the world and peace doesn't come because you have a successful business and peace doesn't come because you have a beautiful mansion in Santa Barbara, California. Peace doesn't come from those things and this is something that's so hard for the world to grasp. I'm, I'm just telling you tonight that peace only comes from the Lord. Why? Because God made peace. So true peace comes only from the Lord. Number two, how about this? Triumphant Christians... Seek peace. Triumphant Christians seek peace. All right, let's look at our Bibles tonight. Psalm 34, the book of Psalm, and look at chapter 34, if you will. And then we're gonna go over to our New Testament, look at a place. Psalm chapter 34, and look at verse number 12, if you will. Psalm 34 and verse number 12. The psalmist said, What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days? that he may see good, verse 13. Psalm 34, verse 13. The psalmist said, keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile, verse 14. Depart from evil and do good. Look what he says. Seek what? Seek peace. And then he says this. Not only seek it, but he said, pursue it. (laughs) Man, seek peace and pursue it. He said, man, go after it. Go after peace. With all you're getting, get peace. Well, take your Bibles and turn over to your New Testament, 1 Peter chapter number three. 1 Peter chapter number three. And look at verse number 10. And I really believe that Peter, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is really quoting from Psalm 34. 1 Peter chapter three. And look at verse number 10. And notice what The Apostle Peter tells us here, 1 Peter 3, verse 10. He he says this, for he that will love life. How many want to love life? Amen? Amen? Yeah. For he that will love life and see good days. I know you want to see good days. Look what he says. If you want these things, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Verse 11, let him eschew evil. Let him hate evil and do good. Here it is. Let him seek what peace. let him seek peace what he says and ensue it oh he said get peace and man he said go after it he said I mean whatever you got to do he said you make sure that you make sure that you get peace listen people who are walking in the spirit do their best to resolve things in a peaceful way they do if you're walking in the spirit, Oh, listen, wouldn't it be a great day if Christians just thought before they acted and thought and prayed before they talked and spoke? Why? Because, man, we ought to be searching and and pursuing and seeking after peace. Look at Romans 14 tonight. Romans 14 and verse 19. Look what Paul says to the Romans here. Romans chapter 14, verse 19. Romans 14, verse 19, let us therefore follow after the things which make for what? Which make for peace. And things wherewith one may edify, again, don't forget what we said, that word edify means to build up. And things wherewith one may edify another. Turn over to the to the right, just a few pages to the book of First. I'm, I'm sorry, to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter four, and and look at verse number one. How serious does, is the Bible about this thing of peace? Well, look what our Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter four and verse number one. Ephesians four and verse one. Paul the apostle speaking to the church of Ephesus here. And he says this in verse one, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. Verse two, with all lowliness and meekness and with long suffering, here it is, forbearing one another. Now what's that mean? That means getting along. (laughs) Get along. You're not always gonna like somebody. Get along with them. That's what it's saying. Forbearing one another in love, verse 3, verse 3. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of what? In the bond of peace. Endeavoring. That word endeavoring there means to make an effort. It means to exert oneself. Listen, you do what you've got to do to try to make the peace. Now, I'm not talking about compromising your standards and, and uh, uh, engaging in sin. I'm not talking about that at all, but I am saying this, that, uh, that listen, we ought to do everything we can to make sure that we're peacemakers. We ought to do everything we can to make sure that there's peace in our home and peace in our marriage and peace in our church and peace in our ministry. And uh, I mean, listen, we ought to go to, we ought to, go to great odds to, to make sure that we are seeking the peace. Old story but I thought it fit pretty good right here. During the Civil War, President Abraham Lincoln wrote to a general who disobeyed his orders during the the war. Here's a snippet. Lincoln said this, he said to this general, I do not believe you appreciate the magnitude of the misfortune involved in Lee's escape. He was within your easy grasp and to have closed upon him would in connection with our other late successes have ended the war. As it is, the war will be prolonged indefinitely. If you could not safely attack Lee last Monday, how can you possibly do so south of the river when you take with you very few more than two thirds of your force uh, that you have in hand now? It would be unreasonable to expect, and I do not expect you now can affect much. Your golden opportunity is gone, and I am distressed immeasurably Because of it. Boy, how'd you like to get a letter like that from the President of the United States of America? You let me down. You disappointed me. But listen to this. Here's the great lesson Lincoln wrote the letter, he never sent it. They found it in his records later, after he passed away, after he was assassinated. They found that record in his letter. they, They found that letter in his records. And someone said that maybe this was the reason. This was what was in Lincoln's mind. That Lincoln was thinking this, maybe I ought not to be so hasty. It's easy enough for me to sit here in the quiet of the White House and order General Meade to attack. But if I had been up at Gettysburg and had seen as much blood as General Meade had seen during the last week, and if my ears had been pierced with the screams and shrieks of the wounded and dying, maybe I wouldn't be so anxious to attack either. If I had General Meade's timid temperament, perhaps I would have done just what he had done. Anyhow, it is water under the bridge now. If I send this letter, it will relieve my feelings, but it will make General Meade try to justify himself. It will make him condemn me. It will arouse hard feelings, impair all his further usefulness as a commander, and perhaps force him to resign from the army. The important thing is this. Lincoln never sent the letter. You know why? He was trying to keep some peace. Oh, listen to me. True peace comes only from God. And triumphant Christians seek peace at all odds. But we're done. Look at this last thing. How about this? Number next is this. Treasuring God's word brings peace. One last place. Turn over to Psalm 119, verse 165. And we're done tonight. Psalm 119, Psalm 119, and look at verse number 165. Great verse, I love this verse. Memorize it, memorize this verse, and memorize Isaiah 26.3. If you get anything else out of the message tonight, memorize these two verses. Isaiah 26.3 and Psalm 119, verse 165. Look what it says. Great peace. What kind of peace. Great peace. Have they which love thy law. Oh, wow. And look at the last part. And nothing shall offend them. Whoa. Great peace have they which love thy law. And nothing shall offend them. Hey, church member. If you're here tonight and your life is constant turmoil and unrest and worry and fussing and bitterness and drama and hard feelings, you know what that means? That's clear evidence. You're not in this book like you need to be. Because if you, listen, if that Bible's true, and it is, it is. If you love this book like you ought to love this book and you're spending time in this book like you're supposed to be, you know what's gonna happen? You're gonna have great peace. The whole world can fall apart around you, but you're gonna have great peace. Listen, those folks that are always walking around with a chip on their shoulder, always up in there mad about something, you know what? They're, you know what they're telling they're telling on them themselves? You know what they're telling you? I haven't been in my Bible like I need to be. Because when you're not in the Bible like you're supposed to be, you're gonna get offended. Great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. I read the story about a young man. And he just recently been saved, but he just really got on fire for the Lord. And he wanted to grow in his Christian life. And so uh, he went to a service and and he uh after he'd been saved, and God used the preaching to really stir him, and and he wanted to serve the Lord, and so he went home and and they said that he he made a list of all the things that he would do for the Lord. I mean, he took out a piece of paper and he wrote this list and he said, Lord, he said, here's all the things that I I love you so much and here's all the things that I'll do for you. And here's all the places that I'll go. And Lord, here's all the things that I'm willing to give up. And then he took it to the church and he laid it on the altar. And he expected to have peace, but he didn't have any peace. So he went home and he thought, well, maybe I need to add to that list. And so he wrote some more things that he wouldn't do. And then he wrote down some things that he would do. And he wrote down some more things that he would, some more places he would go. And he said, Lord, I'll go here and I'll do this and I'll quit doing this. And he just made a longer list and he took that longer list of the church and he laid it on the altar. He was expecting to have peace. And still, no peace came. He was empty. And he went to an old preacher, an old wise preacher. And he told the preacher the story that I just told you. And he said, Pastor, I did this. And he said, Lord, hadn't given me peace. And the old wise pastor sort of chuckled. He said, young man, here's what you need to do. Take a blank sheet of paper and sign your name at the bottom and take that and put that on the altar and say, Lord, anything, everything, You want anything, I'll do it. He went home. He crumpled that list up and threw it in the trash can. He got him a blank sheet of paper out. He signed his name at the bottom of it. He went to the church and laid that paper on the altar, and he said, Lord, any place, anywhere, anytime, anything you want, I'll do. And guess what happened? He had peace. Oh, listen to me. Just give your life to the Lord. It is the greatest life you'll ever live. And you'll have peace, a peace that passeth all understanding. Let's bow for prayer tonight. Father, we love you. And we thank you so much, Lord, for this lesson tonight. Lord, thank you for the fruit of the Spirit. Lord, I want that. I want to bear that love that agape love, that godly love. Not just a brotherly love. Not just an affectionate love. But, Lord, I want to bear that godly love. And then, Lord, I want to have joy. Joy. Cheerfulness. Gladness. God, when I get around people, I want them to sense that in my life, that, man, I'm cheerful. (laughs) I'm glad to be alive, glad to be serving the king. But, oh, Lord... I want that peace to be in my life. And God, as I get around others, and especially as I get around the lost, Lord, I want them to see that peace that comes only from God himself because he's the creator of it. Father, maybe there's somebody here tonight that's struggling with a lack of peace Maybe there's no peace or the peace of God is not in their home like it needs to be. The peace of God is not in their marriage right now like it needs to be. The peace of God is not with them on their job like it needs to be. And God, tonight, maybe, maybe somebody needs to just tiptoe down to this altar and say, Oh, God, I want that peace. God, I want to pursue it. I want to seek it. I I, I want it, Lord, I want that peace that passeth all understanding. Lord, I pray you to have your way in this invitation tonight. Speak to hearts, please. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Right before we stand, real quickly, I wonder if there might be somebody here tonight would say, Pastor, if I died tonight, I am not sure that I would go to heaven. And I would appreciate it if you'd pray for me. Is there anybody like that here tonight? You just slip your hand up. I see that little hand. I appreciate that. Is there anybody else here tonight? Pastor, if I died, I'm not sure that I would go to heaven. I see that little hand. Thank you, buddy. Anybody else? Preacher, if I died, I'm not sure I'd go to heaven. Pray for me. Pray for me. All right. I'm going to pray for these that raise their hands. I want to ask you something. Do you have that peace that passeth all understanding? Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing, nothing shall offend them. Nothing shall offend them. Wow. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. is your mind stayed on the Savior tonight? Let's all stand, if you would, around the house. Father, we thank you for this time we've had together. Lord, maybe somebody needs to make a move tonight. If so, I pray that you'd work in their heart. God, I pray that you'd help us to be peacemakers. I pray that we would seek peace. I pray that we would pursue it. Father, I pray that, Lord, through thick and thin, in the good times and the bad times, Father, that we'll be peaceful people. God, that we'll do our best to to get along, to forbear, to forgive. So Lord, have your way in this invitation now. Speak to hearts. I pray for these young hands that were raised tonight about salvation. I sure ask you to save them when they reach that age of accountability. So Lord, have thy way tonight, please. And we sure thank you and love you in Jesus name I'm going to ask a couple of our personal workers if, and they're already here tonight but if you're here tonight we can pray with you about something hey listen just come on right now and we'll be glad to meet with you and pray with you tonight if you're here tonight say pastor I need to be saved would you come would you come preacher I am saved I am saved but I need to rededicate my life to the Lord okay tonight's a good night to do that would you come would you come? Pastor, I have been saved, but I have not followed the Lord in believers' baptism. I really need to be baptized. Hey, we're gonna be baptized really soon. Would you come make yourself a candidate for baptism? Or pastor, we're not the member of a good Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church. We feel it God's will that we join with this local body. So we're gonna pause just for a moment, all right? If you need to come, the altars are open, they're open. Hey, if you're watching live stream, we're delighted to have you here tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. There's a number on the bottom of your screen right now, 704-327-5662. And we have some wonderful folks that are waiting by the phone right now. And if we can help you, if we can pray with you, if we can share the gospel with you and how you can know that you know that you're going to heaven, would you call that number right now? Please do that. We would love to pray with you over the phone. I hope you'll do that tonight.